we, we, we want to make sure you know how to quote the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he making me to lie down in green pastures he restored my soul he leaded me in the paths of righteousness yea though I walk through the I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff some people over there quiet that's all right yeah yeah I, I, and you want the people to be able to quote these scriptures and tell you where they are but many of the people that know these scriptures to heart don't know the god of that scripture welcome to the life experience a broadcast brought to you by life worship center where we're led by a dynamic duo bishop denzel and robin rule we are a church that lives in love operates in integrity walks by faith, and have been empowered by God. Stay tuned, there is definitely a life-changing word awaiting you. And now, here is Pastor Denzel with today's word. But the problem is, the problem is though, in the midst of us getting integrated into the world and relaxing our dress code, and going to the movies and, and sitting out and watch this. Even some of us realize that, that if you don't get drunk, you're okay. So now we go out and we order in our wine. Doing our stuff. Yeah, because we got revelation. And the revelation showed us that I ain't getting drunk. I can control my liquor. tell the story before there was a group of us young men that were going out young Christian men say young Christian men yeah a bunch of us young Christian men were going out and hanging out having a good time loving ourselves and um, one of the young men in the group got the revelation that that liquor don't put you in hell Paul told Timothy drink liquor for the stomach's sake and so we started going out back then we used to go to Club Crystal but what what happened what happened was there were some brothers within our hanging out group that when they got saved, they stopped drinking because they thought drinking was wrong. When they saw some of the brethren that they know to be believers started drinking, they said, oh, we could drink. This was 22 years ago, before I went off to university. I saw one of the brothers a few months ago who is still now an alcoholic. Because some believer was liberated and realized that this will put me in hell and forgot that the only thing the believer has is his witness all we have as believers is our witness when you lose your witness you are of no good to the kingdom of god and many of us got tongues got prayer but no witness your tongues your shout your dance don't mean nothing if you don't have a witness we have contaminated our witness. There are persons that would walk in our church and if they see some of us, they walk outside. Because we have contaminated our witness. And, and so 
now we, we find ourselves in this quandary. I told you, I, I'm in the middle of these two worlds. And, and so what I got to do now, because I know how to wear the shamir and the tie, but I could also preach in a salmon pants and a short sleeve shirt and some jeans. And I know how to do all this kind of stuff. But one of the problems is, is that no matter what side of the pendulum you swing it on, you cannot lose the true essence of what it means to be a child of God. Now, this ain't no message about clothes in case you confuse. This ain't about none of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about what makes us who we are. There is something on the inside of us that no matter what situation we find ourselves in, that thing on the inside of us that that preacher says is like a wheel in the middle of a wheel. It's something that's on the inside of us that identifies us as children of God. Where no matter how much we are amongst the crowd, we cannot be like the crowd. This gospel of fitting in is a dangerous gospel. Huh. And I, I, I almost believe we may need to put some of the rules of the old church on this new generation. To get us to understand that being a child of God is a badge of honor. You, know, you shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that someone say you safe. We want to live in a way that nobody knows we safe. So let's get tattoos. Let's wear earrings. Men. I don't mean men now. Earrings. Men and women getting the tattoos because we liberated. And we will fit in. We we won't look like them. Where did this low self-esteem come from? Preach, Denzel. When do we get to the place where we are ashamed of our difference? One of the things that Peter says, that's in 1 Peter 2 and 9, he says, you are peculiar. You are a peculiar people. That means you're different. You don't try to look like them. One of my friends in, in university, he said to me, call me one time, he said, Dance. I said, what's up, babe? He called me decent. He said, listen, man, let's change some things in our department. Let's change some things. He said, I want to change some things. I said, what you want to do? He said, let's for the next two weeks, let's go to school and shake the tie. I said, you serious, man? He said, yeah, man, let's change some things. We did it for the first two days. People looking at us, they, they assume we had interviews. <laughs> day three, day four, we still wear shirt and tie. Day five, someone else now wear shirt and tie. By the next week, more the bedroom wear shirt and tie. Believers don't fit in. Believers stand out and make everybody else come to where we are. But the problem is we are ashamed of what we have. We are ashamed of the God that's on the inside of us. I ended with this in the first service. Let me put this in here right now. That's a hint that I ended. Uh, that, 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 I want to throw this in here. That when I, was, uh, when I, I became a minister... And you know, the, the thing was, ministers is where a preacher call up. You know that a preacher call up. 
And I struggle with that because I don't want to be a preacher caller because preacher callers make you look like a preacher. I had a problem with that. I remember the first time I did it off the school. I was going to a funeral with my pastor, Pastor Perry, and I was driving out of the cemetery. And, uh, you know, over there, they don't have a graveyard, they have a cemetery. Over here, we have a graveyard. Uh, I was driving out of the cemetery, and uh, I said, come on, Rev. I said, how do you know I said, Rev? And I forgot I had this crazy thing around my neck. Because it was uncomfortable, and I was hungry. It was a long drive home, and I, didn't know, I wanted to get something to eat. But I was ashamed to stop. Because I don't want to stop. With this rev thing around my neck, the people calling me rev. I don't want nobody calling me rev. And I told them in the first service, they came up because this article I was talking about why color. Something like that. The topic was, and on the picture, the picture was a picture of preachers in cut up jeans and shirts and little chains. My kind of look. I like to be dressed down. I like to but I can be. This ain't me. Me is comfortable. Look at all these things. These choking things. So I, 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 I started reading the article, and there's a part of the article that, that, that arrested me. He says, uh, policemen wear their uniform with pride. They are proud of being identified with that institution. Doctors wear their coats. They are proud of being identified with their profession. And it said this like he knew me. Why are you ashamed? Why you don't want to be identified as a preacher? Are you not proud of your profession? And that thing convicted me. Now I know all y'all are preachers, but I'm just trying to make a point that I too was like the rest of us that want to be comfortable and not stand out because you don't want people to look at you funny. They're supposed to. Because you're different. There's something different about us. Glory to God. I gave the explanation about this church and COVID just to make sure the guests know, but I don't do that all the time because we're different. No, not because not we name church, but because we know him. And we've walked with him and talked with him and we've experienced him. There's something different about See, what has happened? We have played this thing so cheap that now the world has downplayed it. The world don't value the church because we don't value the church. They treat us with disregard, disrespect, uh, disdain because we don't put no value on it. I told them that Bishop Wallace taught me something about this woman when I married her. Bishop Wallace says, listen to me, son. Don't you forget this. The world will pay whatever price tag you place on her. Say it again. He says, the world will pay whatever price tag you place on her. In other words, if they see you treated like a dog, they will also. But if you treat her as a precious commodity, they will value her. We have treated Christianity so cheap. We have made being a child of God so... Like the conflict without a name. It just named conflict. We have made this thing, Lord, she's generic. Insipid. 
that is not valuable. And so, and watch this. In the absence of value, manipulation is inevitable. I'm going to say it again. In the absence of value, manipulation is inevitable. In other words, because we are not valued by the world, the church tries to manipulate the world. Because we are so compromised as the church and we have not held our ground as to who we're supposed to be, in order to get people now to come to church, we got to manipulate them and tell them lies. We got to make them feel guilty. And do all kind of trickeries and stuff to try to win favor with the world. All because we are no longer valued. There was a time when a, when a leader, a king, anyone would not go to a man of God without a gift because they valued who the man of God was. They checked themselves and repented before they approached the man of God. I, I told you all the story before. When I had to, when I had to go meet and, and have encounters with, with coffee, the late Bishop Rodney Roberts. When I had to meet with him, I used to pray before I go. Because, you know, he's, he's a prophet. He's see. So I say, praying, Lord, don't let him see. I used to be scared before I go, man, what? I, I tell the story. Lord, tell the story again. Me and Kenyatta Taylor, we was at a concert. And it, was, it wasn't me, it was Kenyatta. It was Kenyatta. Me and Kenyatta Taylor, we had a concert sitting together. Coffee Roberts taking up the offering. And he walking in the offering. He came through the aisle where me and Kenyatta was. I smell fornication. I said, Kenyatta. I say, stop it. That man smell you. Stop. No, he was, he, he was some sharp prophet. And, 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 and because of the anointing that he walked in, you was careful when you approach him. Ain't nobody careful around us. People cursing, telling nasty jokes, doing all kind of nonsense in front of us, and we laughing, kiki kiki. Let me end with this. Can I end with this? Give me six minutes. The baby say no. Oh, Jesus. Please, please, six minutes. We are, I realize this, we are citizens of another country. So let me talk in terms of immigration. As believers, we can never apply for citizenship. Believers cannot be, because we already have citizenship. There's a family friend of ours that's been in this country almost 50 years. Almost 50 years, a family friend is a preacher from Jamaica. And it's been a struggle. I asked him one time, I said to him, I said, I asked him, I said, are you being a citizen? He said, no. I said, why you never apply? He said, for what? I said, but you've been here all this time. You're married, you're married to a Bahamian woman. You've got um, your children born here. They're Bahamians. They got Bahamian passport. I said, why you don't apply so, so you can be a Bahamian? He says, no, I, I have a country. He says, I'm, I'm a... No, I, I, I'm a Jamaican. I'm, I'm proud to be a Jamaican. I live here, but I know where I'm from. Now, now, this man, great man in this country, known of prime ministers, because I know he didn't let him be there when he was talking to him. He was offered citizenship. He says, I know. I have citizenship. 
country where I'm from. Now, you know, us, you know, upstairs, when we pass the fellow, the junk canoe fell upstairs, when you go up the escalator, and, and you see the fellow junk canoe, you know your accent has changed. Once you see you cross up the escalator, you start going to the escalator. And you can see Wendy's over to the right side right there and Duncan over there. All of a sudden now you pick up an accent. You start speaking American. You know American is a language. You start speaking American. This brother has been here almost 50 years and sound like he just come over here from Mandeville. Sound like he fresh from Bogwalk. Kingston. Accent just as sharp now as it was when he first came here. All because he knows where he's from and he's not ashamed of who he is. He understands I'm in this country on assignment, but the same way I'm from. So he has no problem renewing his residency every year. So he has no problem. I cool. Why, why is that a problem with you? I have no problem. Because I know where I'm from. And so I came here with this wonderful idea to let you all know that you are only a resident here. You're not a citizen. I came here to give you that word that you are a resident and the Lord said that's the wrong word. He says because we are not residents. Because there is no obligation. I found out that if you make an investment of like quarter million dollars on a house or some real estate, they'll give you residency. You ain't got to do nothing. Just take space up. You can occupy space and become a resident. Say it again. You can occupy space and become a resident. You ain't got to do nothing. Just occupy space. So God says, don't you dare preach that to these people this morning and let them believe that they are okay with me if they just take it on space. Because there's a whole lot of church people, a whole lot of believers. All we're doing is just taking up space. He says, the child of God, beloved, is not a resident nor a citizen of this country. A child of God is here on work permit. Glory to God. We are here on work permit. We are here on a temporary basis with a work to do. And when the work is done, we'll be recalled to go back to where we came from. I got two more minutes, five things I'm going to say to them. I can't open them up. I'm going to throw them at you. Catch them as I throw them. Catch them. I can throw them. Catch them. Five things about work permit. Number one, about a work permit. Number one is that your permit must be approved before you arrive. You cannot apply for a work permit from here. You got to be in your place and apply. In other words, that says to somebody in this room, glory to God, that your assignment was set before you got here. That's why, as a child of God, I can never be redundant. Because before he knew me, before I was conceived, sorry, he knew me. And he set a plan in place for me. Let me go to number two, because I got to go. Number two is, huh, your permit is granted for a set time. You ain't going to be here forever. You got a lot of people around here living like they ain't never dead. That's another problem with this new church. The old church kept heaven in view. This new church, the only thing we think about is this life. We got to watch that, watch that, watch that, beloved, that you cannot lose a view of heaven because when you lose view of heaven, you may catch hell. Preach, Rev. You got to remember you only got a certain amount of time to be here. Just a little while to stay here. Just a little while to wait. 
Just a little while to live, but Lord, this is a young church. They don't know these kind of songs. In the path, that's always. Just a little more of struggle in this low and sinful. Live alone. They, they, they don't go to church. Y'all need to go to real church where you sing hymns. Not this church here. They don't sing no hymn in here. Uh, number three. <laughs> number three. Watch this. Your permit confirms that there is no one here qualified or willing to do what you do. That's what's supposed to happen. That if you get a permit to do a job, that confirms that there's nobody here who can do that job. Or that the people here who, who, who can do it ain't willing to do it. So the idea is from a kingdom standpoint, in God's kingdom, the fact that you are here, it means that you are irreplaceable. The fact that you are here, it means that God designed you just the way you are with your big head, small nose, Okay, big head, big nose, big belly, all this that God designed you with, he gave you this because all that you are is needed for what you've been called to do. You can never be made redundant and, and you should never seek to copy anybody. Listen to me, I am the best person on the planet at being me. You can't find a better Denzel no matter how hard you try. Washington will slip because he's D-E-N-Z-E-L. He can't get this together. There's only one D-E-N-C-Z-I-L Antonio. That's, I'm William Anthony. There's only one Antonio that can do what I do. I am irreplaceable. When you understand that you're here on permit, you understand that what you've been called to do, only you one can do. Someone shout, I'm irreplaceable. Glory be to God. There's a work that, that you've been called to do that only you can do. Next, next point, next point. I gotta go. I'm, I'm finishing. I got a half a minute left. Uh, you are only allowed to work in the role, the place specified by your permit. There are too many of us changing lanes, doing what you ain't called to do. We get foot trying to be hand, and elbows trying to be kidneys. You gotta know what you've been called to do. Is this drifting back and forth and all about the place? So, hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, God, it's 141. Let me don't say that point. That's going, that's going to make the point because I get persons here who joined a church last week and the Lord said they season up so they get to join another church and then the Lord said my season, your season's come down because you're now moving into your prophetic season. And then you be there for a little while and then you move now because you need to be under an apostolic anointing. And no, 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 but you need to go pray and find out what God has for you. God up and down, all this up and down in. Num num number five, number five, number five, when, when, on a work permit, when the job is done, you are done. You are here to fulfill an assignment, and when your assignment is done, you are done. Now, this morning in the first service, Minister Elspeth Johnson was here. He's Minister of Immigration. And, uh, and he said to me after service, he said, Bishop, you said something, but there's one more point. I think, boy, if you made this point, it'll be powerful. I said, well, give him a point then. He says, there is a responsibility on everyone that comes with work, with a work permit, that they have responsibility. He says, this responsibility is they have to leave or exchange their expertise. I said, come on, Johnson. I said, Johnson, next time I preach it, you walk up here and you finish preaching for me, please. <laughs> he says, there is a mandate for an exchange of expertise. 
I almost give Johnson offering, but if you're my feet, wallet. He says, if you if you are on work permit, but before you leave, there should be someone that can do what you do. Whatever skill set you came to bring to the earth, you ain't fit to leave the earth unless there's someone left in the earth that can carry on what you all oh God. Many of us been here for 20, 30, 40 years and ain't leave no legacy in the earth yet. Have not poured ourselves into nobody. Come on, class of 1983. Lord God, by now we gotta be pouring ourselves in. That there are persons now that living like us, talking like us, walking like us, because we have left something in the earth. Man, I wish I had time to finish preach, Lord God, but that's it. I got to stop here. If you were blessed by the word, they clap your hands and give God praise. I'm stopping. That's it. That's it. I would make this one point from the word. I, know, I read a scripture, so you can't say I didn't refer to the scripture. Here's it right here. The Bible says, the world will hate you because they hated me. If you ain't causing no disturbance, you had to check where you are with God. If everywhere you go, you're fitting in seamlessly and there's no sort of disturbance, that's what makes this old gospel of the 21st century so off. It's an off gospel. Everybody talking about, oh, we got all these haters and we, these haters and all these haters. That is so silly. You're supposed to have haters. You don't preach with haters. The Bible says the world will hate you. Now, parenthetically, some of us, get hate, get, some of us got haters because we got stink ways. I came out wrong? Thanks. No, no, your haters ain't because you're anointed. Your haters is because you're sour. Bible says the world would hate us, but this, don't, don't get it twisted. It would hate you because you stand for God. Not because you're rowdy. Some of us, our haters are being created by us because we need to live right. I could take, 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 take the woman husband and talk, but she hating on you. Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> so you ain't got no haters, you reaping. You call that reaping. The devil after me. No, I ain't the devil. That's harvest. A lot of us calling the devil not calling harvest the devil. That no demon, that no demon. No, eat that. You you you, you see says he says life and death is the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You have sowed that fruit. That's what you're eating now. Pastor, pray for me. No, I can't pray off reaping. My prayer for you when you reap in, strengthen them, Lord. To endure their harvest. Preach then, sir. Because a lot of us are going all kind of prayer line to get demon castle. You ain't no demon, you reap in. So now we know what you gotta do, endure hardness. As a good soldier. Father, I pray that this word penetrated and we are now taking stock of ourselves and evaluating ourselves and seeing where we have fallen short and make the required adjustments to live as you have called us to live. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to The Life Experience. You've been listening to a portion of a message from our pastor, Bishop Denzel Roll of Life Worship Center. We invite you to join us at any of our weekly services held at the CH Reeves Auditorium, 
located Mini Street just off of Robinson Road. For more information on our ministry, visit us at facebook.com slash the life experience or Instagram hashtag LWC Bahamas. You can also contact us at our office 601-5125. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you. Join us every weekday here on Glory 93.9 FM. Until next time, have a life-filled day.